1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1.
0: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope, this one out, touchdown,
2: this time going deep for Beckham Jr., hello everyone welcome back to road of His overtime on road of His radio brought to you by pepsi doordash and bet online my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime Ireland. as always joined by sean siegel one of the co-owners at road of His. sean week three is in the books the season is moving uh, pretty swiftly here for us it's uh, moving along very well and um week three i thought was uh, quite enjoyable um lots of lots of good action lots of high scoring games lots of incredible games we've we've seen a couple of games over the last few weeks with uh massive come behind uh from uh, victories or come from behind defeats i guess we'll call it with the with the falcons in particular uh we had that game with the, the cowboys and the seahawks just lots of good high scoring action and uh, fun times but week week three um how did it go for you were you uh, overall how did your teams fare
1: well, the the teams did did very well. Uh, the other three Rodavis overtime teams are now in the main event. Are now combined nine and zero. Always excited to have that. Uh, Curtis and I just needed uh, like two point seven points from Marquise Brown to get the victory and. I wasn't expecting that to go down to one of the last catches on the Ravens' final real drive there. But he did pull through, caught a second pass, didn't get the Will Fuller zero on that one. And then our overtime main event broke into the win column, had a a big day behind Will Fuller. And our our chasing OT team with Patrick Crang, Peter Overzet, and the ship chasing fellows uh, is now winless right but into the top 4 in points so we're we're looking very good in terms of a points based playoff there i'm actually rooting for this team to go defeated and make the playoffs anyway i think having an 0-11 team get into the playoffs there uh, would be quite a bit of fun so that's uh that's the the high stakes recap column and i know obviously we share several of those teams did you have any other uh, big games come down to the final uh, plays on monday night
2: i had no games really come down to the final plays of uh, monday night they were all kind of big wins or big losses uh, so monday night was uh, quite relaxing overall uh, mon- the obviously the one that you you touched on there the the, the Chase no T team it it did kinda of come down to Monday night, but um you've already recapped that. But was hoping that uh Mark Andrews would get get over the line uh, and that one needing nine points from him, but obviously a very low scoring as you touched on with Marquise Brown, very low scoring, low output, uh kind of evening for for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. I think Sean the, the secret to our success this week was it, it was looking Pretty bleak after Thursday night football. We we jumped ahead. We went fully in on the Jaguars. We had Gardner Minshew at quarterback. We had LaVisca Chenault at wide receiver, re- ready for the big breakouts. And uh, it didn't really happen that way. It was uh, the Robinson show. And um, but when when we you joked about it just just slightly before uh, kickoff, and we should change the name to Chark out. So uh, because DJ Chark has been out the last couple of weeks, and uh, lo and behold, we we come with a big win, uh, big pro- performance, obviously by Alvin Kamara really helping that uh, roster get over the line so as you mentioned uh we're we're not winning all our games but we're certainly putting up points so i think in the long run hopefully that'll all stand us in good stead but i guess that'll make the listeners feel a little bit better maybe not about your nine and oh run with the other three teams but certainly that we're we're <laughs> we're not winning every week might make make them feel a little bit better depending on how their fantasy teams are going at the minute but one thing we did want to bring up at the start of the show was we did our one hundred episode, um, you know, a couple of months back. Now we're up, I believe, this is episode one hundred and forty-five. So we're flying through them uh, over the summertime. And um, Peter Overzet obviously jumped on. He had quite a bold prediction in terms of how the rookie running backs would do versus the rookie wide receivers. And we just wanted to play a little recap uh, to see uh, what Peter's thoughts were back then and how they have possibly uh, come to fruition at this point after week three. So uh, let's uh, let's let, let's have uh, Peter take it away.
1: I've been doing all of these rookie drafts like everyone else, and I'm looking at some of this ADP, and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is going on? Okay, Because I hear two prevailing sentiments. One of them is, this is a generational wide receiver class similar to 2014, and I'm inclined to agree with that sentiment. But then on the other hand, I hear, you got to draft running backs because of the immediate production. Okay. So what we're seeing now are four to five running backs, often five running backs, going ahead of the cream of the crop of a generational class, cd Lamb and Jerry Judy. And I personally, for a lack of a better word, think that's batshit insane. And they don't give you that immediate production, then you should
0: have just drafted the wide receiver in the first place.
2: So Peter's still a little bit animated. Uh <laughs> Uh, even after 45 shows that you can still hear the tone in his voice and guess uh, give Peter a a congratulations as well he's um, had a couple of successful weeks on the DFS front another big win for him this week so uh, congratulations to Peter but I guess congratulations to him Sean as well on that take are you are you in agreement with him at this point I know we had talked about it after week one and week two but week three uh, we seem to be looking pretty good on those rookie wide receivers
1: well last week we went over some of the redrafting of the rookies and you look at this yes this is one of those clear cases where if you want to win your dynasty leagues it's very straightforward what you need to do you need to get a couple of those bell cow running backs a couple of those star running backs and you need to have a lot of wide receivers the wide receivers just have so much more value and we're seeing this already so we had this epic wide receiver class exactly as peter is talking about now it's not quite to the level of 2014 but it's close right and it's got a ton of depth and perhaps that's one of the reasons why some drafters were going running back early because they felt like they could come back and still get those wide receivers but uh, pulling up the dynasty ADP tool looking at rookie only drafts we can look at the FFPC drafts here the top 5 picks after the NFL draft occurred Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Jonathan Taylor, JK Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers. Looking at those picks now, the only two that don't look awful are the top 2 and that's frequently the case where we have these two stars at the top Dobbins, Swift, Akers. It's really been a disaster for those three backs. We got some receptions for Dobbins last night but somehow he's not just behind Mark Ingram who looks completely washed up and done but the Ravens in order to try and move the ball a little bit last night had to go to a second running back unfortunately that was Gus Edwards gave them a little bit of any forward progress right in the game last night on their one actual impressive drive DeAndre Swift is evidently bad enough that he is playing behind Adrian Peterson and And Adrian Peterson uh, running sideways is is slow enough to about go back in time, right? Peterson did pull off a couple of of decent straightforward runs, but I think in the history of the NFL, the two slowest backs laterally are almost certainly Leonard Fournette and Adrian Peterson, DeAndre Swift buried there. Cam Akers, the injury getting him a little bit, but with Daryl Henderson looking like he did on sunday uh, this is not going to be his backfield when he gets back now injuries can open things up just like they did originally for acres when henderson was struggling a little bit in training camp but owners have now drafted three running backs who not only went into very bad situations in terms of the pass catching role for the team and how the team uses the running backs but it's looking Not great at all for them in terms of just how things are developing. And we go right back to what Peter said. If you don't get that immediate contribution, then it was very straightforward just to draft wide receivers. Now, there's a little bit of second-guessing, a little bit of looking at that retrospectively. But (laughs) what Peter is saying there, obviously, he wasn't doing that. He's saying that right from the beginning. You look at CeeDee Lamb going number six, Jerry Judy going number seven, but then we also have Justin Jefferson at eight, really the big headliner, I think, of all players in week three. You have T. Higgins going 12th. You have uh, Brandon Ayuk, who now instantly looks like what we talked about all year. How is someone who went in the first round of the NFL draft has a lot of athleticism going for him his team the 49ers a team that's likely to put up a lot of points going forward these next six seven years talked about him potentially being the first wide receiver on their board right how is that player going at 205 right and that's 205 behind Keyshawn Vaughn Zach Moss AJ Dillon again we can look back and say well it's not fair to the Vaughn drafters they didn't know that Fournette was going to be in the picture but you knew that Ronald Jones was there right you look at the situation with A.J. Dillon Aaron Jones one of the best running backs in the entire NFL how are you drafting those guys ahead of Ayuk
2: is that a question you that's a question for me
1: yes that, that, that.
2: I didn't know if it was rhetorical or if it was.
1: <laughs> right well I mean it Yes, probably rhetorical, and I guess I'm not expecting you to come back and say, no, uh, A.J. Dillon, the pick there. And that's coming from from big fans of A.J. Dillon, right? We like his game. He had a great uh, score in the running back prospect lab. We think that he eventually will play a role there with the Green Bay Packers. But again, back to Pete what if you're not going to get the immediate production, how are you drafting someone like that ahead of Ayuk? Two picks later, we get LaViska Chenault. Chenault's someone who is going in the second half of the second round in rookie drafts.
2: Thanks to the lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Professional Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. I've mentioned this on the last couple of shows. I enjoy an ice cold Pepsi. My trick is to take it directly from the freezer, put it in the freezer for 20 to 30 minutes, uh, and then open it. uh, If you have extra ice, crushed ice, nice way to go, but uh, it'd be ice cold coming out of the can. I like to to pour it straight into the glass and sit down and watch the games as they progress, usually two or three while the, the games progress on a Sunday afternoon. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day and I can agree with that because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for watching football? I also want to let you know about our partners over at DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants. Now they are counting on you. And while dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with our new contactless drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, or the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app and select your favorite local spot and your food is on its way. And right now, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 5% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees off your first order. Simply download the app from the App Store and enter the code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget the code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. So Shauna teased it a moment ago. We're going to look at your rest of season-wide receiver rankings. You published it on the site this week. I had a, a good read through it. And there, there's, a, you know, there's, there's probably... Some, not, not a lot of surprises at the top end of it. There probably is for some other people who may not be as high on the players that we are uh, in some points of it, I guess. Starting it off, um, a lot of people didn't have him as the wide receiver one at the start of the season, so maybe a little bit of a surprise there, but the, definitely the argument could be made, and that's DeAndre Hopkins, who's averaging 24.5 uh, points per game he has been extremely consistent he's done it year on year he was overall wide receiver one in 2017 2018 um you know there was a lot of talk about you know changing teams going to the cardinals and you know blair's done great work on that about uh, players you know going to a new team and how it can affect them but the the talent of uh, hopkins and the way i thought this offense was going to use him um kind of had me wanting to still get DeAndre Hopkins aboard my teams but he's just looked sensational through the first uh, three weeks of the season and at the moment Kyler Murray almost only has eyes only his eyes for him in terms of targets have you been surprised at how much volume that they've given him over those first couple of weeks and um, he's kind of you know we look at who could be the Michael Thomas each like after last season you know he's 37 targets and 32 receptions, so a huge amount of consistency in terms of uh you know his catches and catchable passes coming his way from kyler murray uh, what's your thoughts so far obviously very high thoughts with him at at number one here
1: yeah this would be a more difficult choice if both thomas and Devonte adams were completely healthy we could count on them coming back in week four and being exactly what they were But with that not necessarily the case, and with Hopkins having been the overall wide receiver one in 2017 and 2018, that emphasizes a little bit, too, that what we saw from Thomas and Adams last season uh, doesn't happen every year for those guys, right? I mean, these are established veterans. We can look at what the different receivers have done throughout the course of the last several seasons, and we know that Hopkins is right up there. I've been surprised, but only... Moderately. And this is what I thought was going to happen in this offense. I'd like to see a player who is going to be that alpha guy, be in a situation where he's getting enough short targets that the overall target volume is very, very high, right? There's a lot of focus on target depth out there looking at the different receivers and there's a lot of valuable information to be found from that. When you take the targets and you take the target depth, then obviously if you have the same number of targets at a higher target depth, then you're getting more potential total value, but you're also giving away this opportunity to have a bunch of the short catches, right? If you have those short catches in there, then those just give you extra points. And so I really love this profile from Hopkins. And what we're seeing, unfortunately, is that Larry has not been as involved as maybe people would have liked. We didn't get a huge Workload from Christian Kirk. We saw his role really be taken and performed better this last week by Andy Isabella. I think that we're going to still have those vertical guys in the offense. I think Kirk will eventually come back and that he and Isabella together are going to really stretch the defense and make it even more difficult to cover Hopkins. But one of the things that you see with Hopkins on a lot of these short plays, I mean, the defense knows where the ball's going, right? And they don't want to just allow DeAndre Hopkins to be taking, you know, 10. 15 yards at a chunk when you get his after the catch numbers. I mean, that's one of the things that he has been fantastic with so far. 167 yards after the catch in just 3 games. So, the defense knows what's happening, but they're still having a lot of difficulty stopping that. You know, we wouldn't necessarily expect Hopkins to continue at 24 and a half points per game for the season, but for him to go over 20, I think is very very realistic in this offense in this season with the type of volume and the type of pace that they're going to do. Hawkins, someone who's very, very established. Any questions we had about the adjustment, those are very much in the past. So I think the Hawkins is a very clear choice as the wide receiver one, where it gets maybe a little bit dicier then is what do we do at wide receiver two because we do think that that thomas is going to come back we do think that adams is going to come back those guys really in that superstar range very clear-cut first round picks but now we have this interloper in calvin ridley averaging almost 27 points per game for these first three and his profile has been a little bit odd in that He has the touchdowns. We all know about that Uh, since the beginning of Calvin Ridley's career. And this starts just with the first game of his rookie season. The only receiver in the NFL with more touchdowns is Tyler Lockett, right? And Lockett went back ahead with those three touchdowns in the first half on Sunday. Now, Ridley in 2020 is adding that yardage component. He trails only Hopkins in yards, but he leads the field in air yards by almost 100 And he's also in the top 10 in yards after the catch. So when you're getting target volume, you're getting deep targets, you're catching the ball and then running with it. I mean, this is really the entire package. When We consider that he also has to this point, and we know that touchdowns are not sticky, but has been very impressive in terms of being able to find the end zone. While he may not maintain that same insane touchdown rate, a team like the Falcons is going to deliver the ball down into that red zone area consistently there are going to be a lot of touchdowns available if julio comes back and uh, takes up again as the defensive focal point and one of the reasons that jones doesn't score touchdowns is that in addition to uh, this weird allergic nature that he has to it which he demonstrated again by dropping that bomb in week two he's also the guy the defense takes away right and that's going to open up ridley to continue to do what he does Now, granting that some of this air yardage that Ridley has are really more or less throwaway passes where he's been the target on a long pass, but it was really just thrown out of bounds. Knowing this is the case, but looking at his overall profile and where he is, where the Falcons are, the fact that they're going to have to pass, 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 because there's almost no lead they can't blow. Colm, are you confident with Ridley here, either at number two or, or even in the top five going forward?
2: I think I'm confident in the top five the interesting thing and this was the one I was going to ask you about is obviously I, I've <laughs> I love Calvin Ridley it's always been I've mentioned on the show before um you know I, I love Julio Jones too but like in terms of my fantasy teams and dynasty teams I have a lot more Calvin Ridley now I've moved on a lot of the Julio Jones shares and when Ridley came in as a rookie that was Uh, the time that i acquired a lot of that but in terms of what he's doing you mentioned about you know kind of empty air yards in terms of some of those but there was a lot of points left on that uh, field this past week Uh, a couple of them you know a couple of big shots uh, that matt ryan was just off on and in terms of ryan starting the season he hasn't looked quite as effective as he has over the last couple of seasons but uh, calvin ridley has looked looked tremendous and i guess the the part here you start to look at is um you know say six weeks ago we would have had the roles flipped we would have had uh, Julio you know and Calvin Ridley spot and vice versa and I guess one of the questions would be is Julio now showing that decline that I mentioned you know I kind of hinted at last week is our way at the end of Julio Jones's kind of run here is just uh, you know a generational talent at the wide receiver position and has Calvin Ridley overtaken him or is it just a case that Julio is banged up at the moment and come uh Five six weeks, we see it more balanced. Uh, you know, and Julio starts to get the lead the way again. But the way things are looking at the moment, uh, Calvin Ridley looks to be the the number one in this offense. And um, you mentioned about Julio getting the coverage. We'll we'll see how long that lasts in terms of if Julio has declined and if that there moves away Calvin Ridley. Then, but he's just looks so good. You've mentioned him getting into the end zone does it on a consistent basis i've been i've been really uh, impressed again with the, the leap he's taken forward this year obviously last year we were uh, looking for that leap from him did it maybe not to the extent that we were hoping but this year he's definitely taken it to, to a new level and um, the next two up michael thomas and Devontae adams probably you know they'll probably start to put a bit of pressure on him for that second spot but um if it finishes this way based on what you said about you know pass attempts this falcons team has literally as we've seen in that fourth quarter there is there's no defense there and we're going to see them have to pass 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 and we've seen them two games in a row blow massive leads i would imagine if they get a massive lead come week four week five they're just going to have to keep passing because they're not going to be able to rest on their laurels with how that defense is showing up through the the first couple of weeks um julio then number five tyler lockett who uh, really just had a, a monster performance this week um you know i i just i just think in terms of like right run in terms of his abilities he probably flashes as much antonio brown as as anyone else that's in the league at the moment we you know Tyreek Hill's there but there's a lot of a lot of straight line stuff with with Tyreek. when we see somebody like locket there's a lot of a lot of movement there as well and he has the ability to put up those monster wicks you know 30 point plus games um over the last you know two seasons he's he has four games above 25 points and there's obviously other wide receivers are going to do that too but he tends to on the weeks that he doesn't get those monster numbers he's in the the high teens in terms of his performances um, and just a big big week for him this week Tyreek as well and we kind of know what we're going to get from him week in week out and we're going to kind of see this offense uh, progress for the Chiefs Diggs is the next one up, and we talked about Diggs, um last week. Do you, do you want to head on Diggs a little bit here? Another nice game from in the, this week, going up against a tough matchup in the Rams, and that the Bills eking that one out at the end. But um we kind of we touched on it last week, Sean. I don't know if there's any more that you wanted to add to him this week.
1: Yeah, well, just a quick note on Locket there. Obviously, you, you've been very high on him, and uh, he's a Ma- Matthew Friedman special from way back in the day uh, last year right he was the wide receiver five through nine games and then gets injured and so that maybe obscured a little bit what he was doing the scary thing for opposing fantasy owners during that stretch last year lockett was being targeted 6.9 titans per game in these first three weeks here he's been targeted nine times per game so just imagine what lockett can do a little more volume now the seahawks are not going to pass quite as much uh, in all the games they're not going to have as favorable a shootout situation as they had with the Falcons in week one with the Cowboys in week three but that NFC West looks like it's going to require a lot of points to win you may have the four best teams in the entire NFC in that division they are going to be some shootouts so yeah you talk about digs the only thing I really wanted to mention there is that I think anytime that we have digs really high people are just like well you know you guys always have digs high and you're always wrong I I don't necessarily think that we're wrong, although I will admit <laughs> that we are always very high on it. And if you look over the last 16 games, one of the really fun things you can do, go in and ex- experiment with the tools. You can go into the weekly stat explorer, and you can look at really how these guys have done any over any sort of stretch of games. And so if you want to see how players have done over the last 16 NFL games, for example, the last 17 weeks, you can do that. Over that stretch, Diggs is the wide receiver eight right? So having him ranked eighth, I don't think is uh, overstating his abilities. One of the things that we're seeing here, you go in and you look at his numbers. 2018, he averaged, I believe, uh, a target depth of around eight yards down the field. Then in 2019, that jumps to 15 yards down the field. Completely different roles, excelled in both of them. And the thing that you were really wanting each year was do both things. Right. I mean, Diggs is one of the best underneath route runners in the entire NFL. He's one of the best vertical receivers in the entire NFL do both. And what have we seen so far in these three games with Buffalo? We've seen both, and we've also seen a quarterback in Josh Allen who appears to be coming into his own. Uh, Definitely not afraid to take chances. The Bills, one of these teams that are throwing with the lead. Uh, The upside here is is really pretty significant, so I I had to kind of hold myself back to keep Diggs in there at 8 I do think he's going to outscore Tyreek Hill the rest of the way. He'll the big game last night on that long touchdown, but overall just is not quite as involved uh, as we would probably like. We saw the Chiefs score a ton of points, but go to some different players as that game progressed. Then we jump in there at number nine. And here I think is maybe the other really interesting one, and in that we have DK Metcalf now with averaging almost 20 points per game, Going back to week 17 last season, he's got four consecutive games over 19 points. He obviously have even more points, if not for the big mental mistake he made at the one yard line in this last week. Obviously I don't think that he's going to make that again. Uh, he trails Lockett by seven targets, right? But he has 104 more air yards. And again, I mean, you want the targets. And so, you know, you want the guy who's being thrown to a little bit more often, but the Seahawks, Like the Bills, they're throwing a lot with the lead. They appear to understand that the best chance to win games is to get as many plays as possible to your superstar. And so, if these NFC West games do go to the shootouts, right? If you're playing this 49ers team that is about to get a lot of talent back and can score points in a hurry you know you you have the 49ers and you mentioned that you weren't sure about them as a fit for iuk you know they can run the ball but they can do a lot of things they can score a lot of points kyler murray even with the bizarre loss to the lions that was really not one that i was expecting there uh they look very very good and then you have the rams coming from way way back to almost defeat the bills on sunday if we get the kinds of games that I'm expecting from this division then I think you want all of the guys on these teams and certainly these two Seahawks look like players who are going to score a ton of points
2: yeah i think they are and uh, russell wilson is just playing out of his mind at the moment uh, so i think those points are going to continue to to roll up that that does kind of bring us to the end of the top 10 and obviously the the ranking sean you've done are for the the top 40 um i would urge the listeners to go and check that out on the website lots of great information in there and rounding out those kind of top 12 two of my kind of all-time favorites in terms of uh, wide receivers to watch and that's keenan allen and Allen robinson and Robinson kind of came alive uh, this week when Nick Foles came in so that can be very interesting for him Moving forward here, um, you know, for the rest of the season, and lots of interesting names. I mentioned would some of the rookies make the list. There's quite a few of the rookies in there, obviously in the top forty. Uh, definitely go in and check that out. And if there is any of them that maybe you think that uh, could be in a different order, um, you know, you can feel free to, to drop me a line or to, to email in at rotavisually with gmail We can bring up that maybe as a, a topic of conversation on one of the upcoming podcasts. So uh, good, uh, good to get some of the interaction. We'll be talking about some of the the comments and thoughts that come this week so far on thursday's podcast so be sure to drop us a line once again that is radio at gmail.com or you can hit me up on twitter as well at overtime ireland uh, as always when you're listening to the show you can get yourself a 10 percent Discount of a one year Rotoviz subscription. You can do that by applying the discount code 2020RV radio at checkout. We're going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for further information. That's going to do it for today's edition of the show. Hopefully, you have enjoyed it. Uh, we will be back later in the week um, with another episode. Um, obviously, we're going to have a little bit of fun on the second show of the week with a clip on each one of those mike randall will be providing the guest clip this coming week i guess a shout out to peter Overzet as well for the guest clip this week a rerun of the episode 100 clip but until we're back with another episode of course have a good one The wait is finally over and football is back you might not be at a game this year but you can still bet on all the action at bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you get every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else you can still get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins divisions and championship futures all day every day Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
1: Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check.